truth and the Tillises. My, 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 steady. Well, t- today, what I want to do is, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I want to just kind of share with you, just talk to you. Uh, and I believe that, um, God, uh, you're not here by accident. You are here for a reason. And I believe that God wants to impart something into your life. No matter where you are, no matter if you live in this area, no matter if you live in our country, that God wants you to begin to dream again. He wants you to dream. He wants you to have these huge dreams that ultimately will change the world. And one of the things that we see so significantly is when we talk about dreams and when we're talking about what God said that he would birth the church with visionaries and dreamers. And so anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that God has given you a dream, God has given you a vision, and he has also given you the gifts to fulfill that dream and to fulfill that vision. And do you know that you are supposed to be known by your gift? Wow. The Bible says that your gift shall make room for you and bring you before who? Kings. So you should be known by your gift. But the challenge that we have in life is that when we are young, we have these huge dreams. We, we, we dream that we want to do great things in our lives. But over time, situations and circumstances in life happens. And because of life, it has a way of shrinking our dreams to the size of our circumstances. But dreams were not just the playground of the young. But they are also what God desires for those that he has called or who are called by his name. Now, we're going to pray. And I I just want to share something with you because this is very significant at this time. Father, we rejoice and thank you for the privilege that we have to to, uh, hear your word today. We ask you to, Father, just uh, cause us to, to be changed. Cause the shackles to come off. Cause us to be freer as we leave this place, Father. The Father, that we can dream to be different. We can dream that things can be different in our lives. We can have your dreams for our lives. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that every gift, there's a light that will be shone on that gift. And Father, that men and women will be able to see now. Father, that the pathway that you have created for them. So we give you glory, praise, and honor for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, 17 is a very significant number, and you heard um, uh, Elder Anchi mention that a little bit earlier, but 17 uh, in the Hebrew or the Hebraic word for 17 is an interesting word, and uh, I can't pronounce it, and if I did, just like last week, I'd mess it up. But what the word uh, for in the Hebrew for, the, for 17, what it does is it symbolizes overcoming the enemy and complete victory. Now, you are not here by accident. And so every word that I speak, 
Uh, it will speak uh, to what God wants to do is shine a light on the gift and the vision and the dream that he has given you and cause your dream to be bigger than your circumstances. So it means overcoming the enemy and complete victory. Now, you, you remember several weeks ago I shared with you that uh, God is moving uh, the Champion Center and the people that are part of our church into a new season. It is not a season of warfare. It is a season of harvest. It is not so much of what is said about you, but it is what you say about yourself. Now, so uh, what we want to do here is look in the book of Genesis, uh, in Genesis chapter 37, Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5, Genesis 37 verse 5. And it says these words, it's talking about Joseph, and we know uh, the story of Joseph is a very interesting story, that Joseph got a dream from God when he was 17 years old. Isn't that amazing that you can get a dream from God as a teenager? that God has given you to change the world. But then there are others that are around you that will try, well, let's say the enemy will try to cause you to lose sight of that dream. And, uh, but, but notice what happened here in the book of Genesis, chapter 37, verse 5. Champions, would you read that with me? Like you know, it is the word of his power together now. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So Joseph has a dream, and we already know at this particular time, Joseph has already found favor with his father. And because of the favor of God uh, on his life and from his father, his brothers really did not like him. And when God started giving him a dream, his brother not only didn't like him, but they started hating him. And notice in Genesis 37 verse 9, the Bible says, come on, let's read it together now. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. Now Joseph had a dream, but then Joseph began to dream again. Now, would you say that, that Joseph had a dream? And Joseph, after he had his dream, he began to dream again. Now, the dream that Joseph had again was not different from the dream that he had initially from God. But God began to clarify or give him clarity as he continued to dream. As long as he did not lose sight of his dream, God began to give him an HD quality, a higher definition, a greater clarity of what he had said to him in the beginning. So Joseph had a dream, but after he had a dream, he began to what? Dream another dream. He began to dream again. Now, he began to dream again. <laughs> now, these dreams, see, nothing happens first without a vision or a dream. Uh, remember back in even our generation that somebody dreamed, had a, had a dream that would change the world. Remember when we were younger, 
uh, they had the rotary phone. How many of you remember that? Remember that old rotary phone that you were. If you don't remember that, go go just go check online. But uh, it had a short cord on it. It's and that cord was so short you had to stay close to the phone. And then there was a breakthrough where they created the phone with a longer cord so you could move around and go other places and talk on the phone and you thought you had it made. But then now they created a mobile phone. And you remember the mobile phone, it was a suitcase (laughs) that you strap on your shoulder and you would carry it around. It still had a cord on it and an antenna would come out of it, but you were mobile. You can move around while you're talking on the line. But then it moved from the mobile phone to the smartphone. So what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you, I, I want you to begin, to begin to focus back over your life. And I want you to begin to rekindle the dream that God gave you. Because the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And if he can kill your hope, he can steal your dream, and he can destroy your destiny. But just as Joseph did, you can begin to dream again. And what you, what, when you begin to dream again, it, it's, it, it may not be a different dream. But when you begin to allow God, then you begin to see in greater clarity what God spoke to you that you did not understand. And your circumstances cannot shrink the size of the dream that God gave you when you were a teenager, when you were a young um, uh, high schooler, when you were in college, whatever it was, younger in life, that your circumstances will not be able to strengthen. You know, um, God began to speak to me a couple of weeks ago and uh, just really kind of resonated in my spirit. And I I shared it um, at our leaders meeting a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's just been stirring in me that your future is in your beginning. Your future is in your beginning. Isn't that interesting? Your future is in your beginning. And, and remember when God uh, created um, uh, Jeremiah, he says that I, I, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. And I created you. I determined what I wanted you to do. And I created you with the giftings to be able to do it. And as long as you're operating in your giftings, you'll be known by your gifting, which is known by my purpose for which I have called you. And so God's been stirring up in my heart, and, and one of the things that, um, that I, as we uh, begun the ministry uh, years ago, that this whole focus of raising champions to fulfill dreams. And this week I looked at the first commercial that we did on television, and, um, and, 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 and several of the commercials that we did in our first several months, first year. Uh, it was amazing, and I saw some of the people. I saw um, uh, Jonathan, our son. I saw Brittany on our first evangelism. She was like so small. I saw Jasmine. She was like a, seemed like she was, I don't know how old she was, but it's amazing how we grow and, 
And, but, but I looked at that, and uh, it, was, it was incredible that I looked the same. It's amazing. With just a little hair, I had it cut low at that time. But I'm going to show you that video so you can know that um, God is still on the throne. So, so notice this. Uh, and I just want to share with you this dream that God had given me. And I want to uh, encourage you to dream and begin to refocus on what it is that God has called you to do. Because you're, you have been gifted for your dream and that you are to be known by what you dream. The amazing thing about it is that God has created you different and unique. Different is not the same. Unique is one of a kind. And so often we grow and we lose sight of what God has created us to do. And we begin to start pursuing what we see other people doing. But if God has not created you to do that, you will not succeed in what you're trying to do other people, see other people do. Well, what, what do you mean? See, God has created you a designer original. You are an original design. And Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. And when you look at a masterpiece, a masterpiece is an original work of art. And it's very, very valuable. So you can go to the museum and you can find a piece of art that they have in the museum that they pay $10 million for. But you can also go to the mall and find a copy of that original for $10. So the value is in the original. But what happens in our lives because of circumstances and situations, we began to borrow other people's dreams. We began to borrow other people's callings. And we become cheap copies of great originals. And the value is in the original. And when you borrow somebody else's dream, you begin to devalue what God has created valuable. And so God wants you to recapture that dream and begin to dream again. Now, so, so I had a dream. And God, uh, over the last several years, has even clarified that dream for me. And... Um, that dream, and we, we looked at that in 2016, but that dream is to is a city of dreams, a city of dreams, and, and having a city of dreams. And, and you know, what, what does that mean, a city of dreams? Uh, no one gets life right the first time. So when they need help, where do they get it from? And, and, and when, we, when we look at this and we, and we say, um, I don't know anybody that just got it right in every decision the first time. And they lived to be 80 years old and never uh, missed a step according to what God desired for them. But that whole desire was city of dreams where we are uh, a place that will have um, where people who need to have a fresh start can start over in life. That we'll be able to help them do that by having uh, homes and houses where they can stay at and, and, and it, for, for a period of time. And it will be required that there is a curriculum. But what we'll do is we'll help uh, equip them for next level living. We'll help equip them with skills, uh, training, 
but, but, but there is a curriculum that they'll have to go through. They won't just sit there, but they'll also go out and they'll be gangfully employed. And they just need another uh, opportunity in life. And so this city of dreams, um, it, it just, it's just exploded in me over the last several years. And I'm going to show you how God starts putting that together. So it's a city of dreams, city of dreams. And in the city of dreams, what uh, I uh, um, believe that God desires and what he's just really placed in my heart is a vision and dreams center for the true children, for our children and for our youth. A vision and dreams uh, center. And when we talk about this vision and dream center, you know, it's a place where they can come and they can worship. But also in this place are game rooms and cafe for student ministries. Uh, we have, over the course of this, uh, over our, uh, our years, have given almost $140,000 in scholarships. We have done tests to prepare students for uh, college and SAT. And, and what, what I, I believe is that when we talk about this Visions and Dreams Center, that it will also be a place where it will help uh, our, our young people uh, prepare to train them, to equip them with the resources they need to fulfill their dreams. How many of you know that when they go off to college, that they shouldn't have the school telling them what they should major in? But they, see, education was, oh, I'm going to talk to you this morning. Education was originally designed to pull out of you what God had placed on the inside of you. But over time, if you were different, if you went to school and you weren't like everybody else, you were considered a troublemaker and you were encouraged to be like everyone else. And, and, and so as a result, uh, to, to pulling out the, the, the original design that God had placed on the inside of you, a school began to put information into you and they test you and evaluate you uh, to the level of other people. And so your life becomes compared to how other people are doing rather to, relative to the information that's put in rather than how God has designed you to function. Do you know I met uh, a couple of months ago with a man who was uh, sharing with me about the school. I was sharing with him about the dream. And uh, I'm telling you, God is putting this thing together. That whatever it is that we need, that it is in the house. It is on its way to the house. Oh, it's connected to the house in some way. And uh, he was telling me um, about this. And as I shared with him, he says, Liddell, um, he, he has a foundation. And he was telling me that, uh, you know, I could see you know, funding. Um, but there is a school, and he was telling me where it was, where the children run the school. They, they run the school. They make all the decisions. The adults are there to help guide them for the decisions that they need to make, but not to make the decisions for them. And, and what's amazing about that, it teaches them how to lead. The Bible says when the righteous are in charge, the people do what? They do what? They do what? Rejoice. And so as a result of that, uh, it teaches them how to lead. And so I, I, I got really excited about it. We talked a little bit more about this but a Visions and Dreams Center for children and for youth. And then um, uh, the City of Dreams, when we look at that, not only we're talking about housing, but a media center where um, there are giftings, there are animations, that there are um, um, graphics, there are video productions, 
whatever it is that is used, everything that God created, he created for the advancement of the gospel. So it's important then that we recognize that the church is the epicenter of life and that the, the life should revolve around the church, that the best giftings are not just people who are just using those giftings in the world, but the, but the best gifting should be in the local church. Where people, what they, do in the, uh, what they do outside the church, they do inside the church. But I believe that this media system, whatever we use uh, in terms of uh, video, whatever we use in terms of music, whatever we use in terms of graphic, that all of those things uh, can be done in the church, for the church, so that we can have a 4K church. Remember Jesus, when he began to minister, he ministered differently than everybody else. Everybody else would just uh, go to various places and, and teach, and they would gather in the synagogue. But when Jesus came on the scene, he got into the middle of a boat, and, and he began to talk to them, and he began to tell them stories. So they asked Jesus, Jesus, why do you tell stories? And Matthew says that Jesus says, I tell stories because not everyone is ready to receive. Therefore, I tell stories to nudge them toward readiness. And so he used fisher stories for fishermen. And, and so business stories for businessmen. And so farming stories for farmers. So that they could understand the concept of the gospel. Do you know that uh, I was talking to someone about the kingdom series that we did. And I was sharing with them that people need to see what it's like living in the kingdom. Uh, they need to see that uh, the, 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 the most financially independent people are in the kingdom. They need to say that the, the most fulfilled uh, relationships and the happiest people in their relationships are in the kingdom. They need to see that the people that are flourishing in their vocation are in the kingdom. They need to see that the people that are healed in their bodies are in the kingdom. And they need to see what's life like in the kingdom, even though they may not live in the kingdom. And, and so what they will do then is that uh, people come to America from all over. And, and the reason they come to America, not because they've lived in America, but they come to America because of what they have seen and what they have heard. And they will risk the lives of their entire families to cross waters, to get to a place that they've never lived at before. Why? It's because of what they have seen and because of what they heard and the life that America offers. That's what the kingdom should be like, that people have never been in the kingdom should be able to see what the kingdom's like even before they get here. And I was talking to a guy, and he says, you know what you're talking about, spiritual immigration. So he wrote an article about spiritual immigration and put it on LinkedIn, his blog, uh, I, 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 and, and Facebook, and, 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 but he gave me credit for it. Spiritual immigration. People should see the kingdom before we... How many of you, how many of you believe that? So, so what we've got to recognize then is that... Um, God is, the church should be a movement, not a monument. And, and when we went to Europe, it was amazing that we went into 
uh, Westminster Palace. We went into all these beautiful places that have dead people in the floor and the wall. And more tourists come there in one day than people that go there and worship in an entire month. Why? It's because the, that, the church became a monument when God called it to be a movement. Okay? So, 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 so notice this. I, I want you to get ready. You can do better than you're doing in, in your life, no matter where you are. Do you know that Ray Kroc, at the, no matter how old you are, Ray Kroc at the age of 54 left his sales job. And, and, and he started McDonald's at the age of 54. Do you know that the Colonel, Colonel Sanders, at 65 years old, he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still dream again. Amen? <laughs> 65, my goodness. So uh, another thing that we, uh, this, this is what we speak of when we talk about the City of Dreams is a Champions Wellness Center. That where, where, where the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can heal our body. Uh, the, the Bible says that he is the therapua, which means therapist. <laughs> and uh, so spirit, soul, and body, mind, body, and, spirit, and, and soul, is, 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 is the church should be able to minister to every element, the whole person. And so there should be a place for people to come and relax and, and be rejuvenated. And you know what I see? I see in a very powerful way that it's filled with coaches. It's filled with, with financial advisors. It's filled with the state uh, people. It's filled with uh, uh, people that will equip and to help uh, people live the life that God desires for them to live. And then uh, the last one is an incubator, uh, entrepreneurial incubator. And what is this? That, you know, I've had a dream for many years. And I had a dream that, um, that God would use me to be able to uh, fund. I came out of the investment world. And um, the company that I came from, uh, I was the president and, and, uh, and the chief investment officer. And we had about $2.5 billion under management. Started it from scratch and in seven years grew it to $2.5 billion. I just felt a leading that, that God was reaching, uh, was stretching me to do something else, to broaden what I was to do. And um, so I sold my portion and I, and I went to school of ministry. And I thought that I wanted to, I really wanted to work more closely with people. And I thought that I, when I left the company that I would be working with the United Way and really helping impact the lives of people. And as I went to school of ministry, there was a desire to study the Word. I never expected to uh, begin a church and to, and, and to be a pastor. I just wanted to help people. But I had this dream, and you've heard me, those of you that have been around for years, I had this dream that I could go back to these corporations and municipalities that we managed money for. And that I, I could ask them, based on the work that I had done for them in the past, to establish a, uh, a fund that could fund Christian businesses and to help people. Because whenever God wants to do something in the earth, he reveals it to a believer first. But if you don't act on it, he still has to get it into the world. So he'll give it to an unbeliever until you're ready to receive it. And so I was like, I, I, I said, man, God, I'm $2 billion. So we can help Christian business. And what I saw was that it was people that were part of the ministry. 
that were skilled in accounting, skilled in business, skilled in finances, skilled in marketing, uh, and, and they would be the ones that would run it. Not me. But it would be empowering to the people that were part of the church. They were, all, they were skilled. They were already accomplished in those areas. But then they would be uh, using those giftings to begin to elevate others, equip others. And, and I've been, that's been my dream for years. Do you know what happened? Um, is it okay if I just share with you this morning? You know what happened? Um, almost seven years ago, I helped a man. In, uh, he was a doctor in the medical field. And I helped him with the giftings that I had. And, and, and I just, I met with him every week because he had a dream. He said, Liddell, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, but he died. And after he died, it was like, my God, I saw it coming into being, but after he died, I said, my God, all the work that I've done over these last two years, I have not amounted. But you know what happened? I met a man during that two-year period who who lived in California, and I lived in Texas. But because I was willing to help someone else, do you know that three years later, three to four years later, I get a call from him, and he says that, Liddell, I know this guy who has a dream, and he desires to help fund Christian businesses. He doesn't have an investment background. And I immediately thought about you. And when this guy called me, he was telling me his vision and his dream, which was the very same thing that I had been talking about for years, but I had never acted upon. And when he told me what God had placed on the inside of me, I was like, Elizabeth. Remember when, when the angel came to Mary and said that you're going to have a child? And Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. And he says that to prove that you're going to have a child, I want you to go see Elizabeth. And the Bible says that when Mary stepped into the room where Elizabeth was, the baby leaped into her womb. When he began to tell me the same dream that God had given me, but he had a provision for that dream. Man, something on the inside began to leap. And do you know what? I became the managing partner of a private equity firm that helps Christian businesses. And you know what? It's not corporations. It's not municipalities, but it is Christian business people that already live their faith out in their businesses. Fund this fund. And on, in June, we closed on our first company with 12,000 employees across the country. And do you remember that I said to you last year that God will give you a seven-year blessing in one year. He did it for me last year. And now we're just seeing the manifestation of that thing. 
So notice how God gave a dream. But now he's starting to put this thing together. So you've got to begin to dream. You've got to dream again. If you lost your dream, gosh, my time is up. My time is running out. I've got some big dreams. I'm not going to share everything that I have, but I've got some big dreams. And the real question here is that, is it okay for you to have big dreams? Is it okay for us to have big dreams? Is it okay? And, and I would say that, yes, it's okay to have big dreams. Because we look at the life of Jesus, and Jesus one time looked over Jerusalem, and he saw people wandering around. And he said in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 35, he says it like this. He says, do not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Don't say your harvest is put off. Don't say your harvest is not ready yet. My God, don't say that. Do you know what? This whole city of dreams that, um, that God had given me a vision for years ago, that there came a point in my life where I kept hearing other people say, God called me out of business into the, into, into the ministry. God called me out of business into the ministry. And, and, and that's what I f believed in f because it had been said so many times. But you know what? God called me into ministry to do business. Because to a degree that the provision that he had, see, my whole part of what God's called me to, to do, and there's, I believe there's a corporate anointing that God has given us, but part of what God's called me to do is that to have ministry that stretches out so that I could connect people that have a dream on the inside of this place to the receptacles that God has placed all over. What happened is that there was a gift that God had given me, and I, I laid that gift dormant, and I began to follow other dreams. But God began to stir it up in my heart. So look at this. Jesus says, do not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Would you say that I'm, I am in a season of harvest? See, it's not so much of what's said about you, but it's what you say about yourself. Would you say it again? I am in a season of harvest. My life can be better than it has been. Look, it does not matter where you are. The Bible says God makes everything beautiful in its own time. Look, I was 25 years old before I ever finished college. I started early. I started at 18. I stopped and began to work in a warehouse for several years. I said, why should I go to college? Because I'm making the same amount of money that they're making, and, and, and I saw a guy that had been working there for 20 years, and I, and, and, and I knew that in 20 years, I saw my life differently. Nothing's wrong with that. Um, it's a provision that God has for every person. And when I went back to college, I didn't graduate until I was 25 years old, and I met the prettiest girl from Louisiana, and I asked her to marry me, and she said, 
Yes. How many of you know I married way up? Some people say you married way up. But, but I was 25 years old. But God makes everything beautiful in its own time. It does not matter where you are. It does not matter the life you have. Uh, you can still dream again. No matter what has happened in your past, you can begin to dream again. And you, it's not saying that you've got to go to college or you've got to get this or you've got to do it a certain way. You've got to rekindle the dream that God has placed on the inside of you. Over and over and over again. And no matter how much the enemy tries to cover that up, the Bible says that God will illuminate and you can begin to walk according to it. And he says that don't say I got to put off. The harvest is now. It's now. And so Jesus had this amazing dream. And, 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 and so if Jesus could dream for the city of Jerusalem, couldn't, can't we dream for our own cities? And what I want to do this morning is I need to just apologize to you for, uh, for diminishing my own dreams and not dreaming more freely and speaking more about them so that you would be released to dream and that you could speak about your own dreams. And I believe that these dreams are consistent with God's dreams. And one of Jesus' distractors said, they got him in a corner and they says that, tell us why you have been sent. And Jesus says that I have been sent to save those who are lost. He never lost sight. And what I want you to do is I want you to begin to rekindle the dream. Rekindle the fire of what God has spoken. Don't allow your circumstances to shrink the size of your dream. God gave you a dream. And today he's saying to you, dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Come on, would you just close your eyes right where you're sitting and just dream again. Dream again.